welcome to a special UFC 272 recap edition of the Fight Talk podcast. We've been chatting for like two hours about wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's almost mania. I mean, we're right in the uh, the road to WrestleMania season, man. So there's wrestling all over the place, all over the time. It feels like coming off a big weekend. Um, I'm John Mosley here with the man himself, Steven Jensen, man. Uh, great weekend of you know indie wrestling, uh, big business wrestling, and of course in the UFC. Yeah, for sure. We had AEW, which I, I thought their pay-per-view was incredible. We had two incredible shows that you were a part of, Action Wrestling and SCI Rumble. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, as Mose just said, we just talked about that stuff for about two hours before it went live today. <laughs> uh, or went on this, not live, but, you know, recorded this today. But um, but yeah, if y'all want to check those shows out, use code Fight Talk. All is one word, no spaces. Put that in the promo code spot, IWTV.live or IndependentWrestling.tv. Um, that just lets people know, or lets them know that we're kind of directing people that way. But uh, but yeah, congratulations on uh, two more great shows this past weekend for SCI in action. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a really cool last couple weeks. This week, uh, kind of uh, just going to be more of a fan hanging out with the ICW crew for those shows Friday, Saturday night. Uh, but we will be I don't think it's live. We're doing some kind of taping or might be live. I don't know. um, Of action Saturday afternoon. Actually, it's a free show in Tyrone, Georgia, right there for I think it's the Shamrock uh, like park for for like a a St. Paddy's Day kind of thing. So uh, like I said, more kicking it this weekend uh, coming up, but uh, coming off a really good, uh, really good couple shows. Feeling good, man. uh, Like we said. Uh, April and then starting in May with Uncharted Territory being down here. Uh, these next like four or five months are pretty crazy for me um, in that sense, in my commentary sense. So that, um, I'm, I'm fired up, man. Feeling good. So uh, thanks everybody that watched. Thanks everybody that will watch. We watched UFC 272, man. Um, <clears throat> of course, I didn't get to see everything live the night of. I saw the you know the main the the, the, the last two three main card fights and then watched everything back Sunday. Um, but it belonged, uh, the big story, man, really was Colby in a fight that had so much, you know, so many, I can't tell you the amount of video packages we got for this. Uh, you know, they're, they're arguing all over ESPN there. It's just all this pop and circumstance. And what we got was Colby essentially dominating and really taking it to Jorge Masvidal, uh, winning by unanimous decision. Um, and, and then, uh, as, as good as I guess, I mean, I know you want the finish if you're Colby, but to really just, you know, put it on Jorge like this had to feel good. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Mazadal had that one yes. kind of like flurry and opening in the fourth round. And I, I mean, he really should have stayed on him. I, I He kind of backed off a little bit, it seemed like, but he, he, he had him hurt. He dropped him at one point too, like down to a knee and, and Colby popped back up. But the most of the fight was really... I mean, Colby's just got <clears throat> he's got better conditioning. He he and Colby has good hands. I mean, like not great hands, but like his hands are because he's so well conditioned. He doesn't throw like a lot of power, but he did land a, a bit of volume on the feet when he had his chances against Jorge. And then he was able to close the distance pretty much the whole fight and get up on him, hold him against the cage, take him down to the ground. And on the ground, it was all uh, it was all Colby. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, there were so many attempts at rear naked chokes and, and advancing position and holding George down and ground and pound and elbows to the head. I mean, 
he stayed active on the ground as well. It wasn't like he just held him there and didn't do anything. I mean, Colby, Colby that was a very impressive performance. Um, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here because um, I wish I would have put like real money down, but I, I did a DraftKings thing, a, a six fight parlay on DraftKings for free. I won 35 bucks off it because I had, I got the oh, yeah. entire, I got the entire main card right, and I also took Tim Elliott in in a big upset in the in the prelims. So like, um, so I expected Covington to win as far as my predictions went, um, and he was really. You know, he kind of did what I expected him to. Like, I thought if Jorge had a chance, it was going to be, you know, something on the feet, like hitting him with, like, basically knocking him out. But, um, you know, Covington was able to implement his game plan. And I think it's pretty clear, you know, we, we, we're we going to see Gilbert Burns fight Chimeyov soon. But, until you know, Chimeyov could potentially be on the same level as guys like Covington and Usman. We just don't really know for sure yet. But... Outside of that, I mean, like Usman and Covington are, are, to me, easily the best two guys in the division. Like, and it just, I think Colby does this to, he, Colby will do what he did to, to Mazaval to, to everybody except for Usman. And then even Usman, like, it's competitive, you know? So, like, um, it's really nothing against Mazaval. It's just, I think Colby really is the best guy in the division, him and Usman. Like, it's, you know, and, Mazzola just isn't as good, uh, well or well-rounded as as Colby yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, he's um he's always gonna be he's always gonna be a draw Mazzola because of the package. It's like <clears throat> like you said, I, I expected Colby Covington to win this fight. Um, Mazzola is is definitely a draw. He's always gonna be. I think more exciting. You know, something more um where you're you're expecting a gunfight might might be the fights moving forward. I mean. I know it's very taxing, man, but um, but those those feel like the fight style because combine these two or what zero and four against Usman, but it, it's just what you were saying that it's clear cut the level higher levels higher Colby is over Jorge Masvidal, and then um, you know calling out Dustin, what what did you think about Covington and Poirier? <clears throat> I like the idea, um, you know. Poirier has become a big money fight to a lot of these guys because of the rub that he got with those big Connor fights. Absolutely. Obviously. And of, and of course fighting Habib as well, but um, you know, so, so Dustin has become a money fight in him in his, in his own right, you know, similar to, I put him on the money fight level of like kind of around where like Nate is like, you kind yeah. of have like Connors, like still the, the, the most the money famous guy. guy in the company, even though like, you know, his his performances have kind of diminished and people don't really talk about him as often, but I do think he still has the the kind of star power where we'll talk about it more the closer this this comes to maybe happening. But I do think Connor's gonna wind up jumping Makachev and like just getting a title shot. Like I really do when he comes back. Um especially if Gaethje winds up beating Oliveira. Like I think I'm gonna pick Oliveira to beat Gaethje personally, but if if Gaethje beats Oliveira, I think that the UFC is gonna do Gaethje versus Connor as fast as they can mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. a fight that Connor can actually win standing up potentially against Oliveira. I think he just gets just swarmed and, and Sw- destroyed yeah, on the ground. Yeah. Um. So you know, but that all said, I think that Colby. I don't think it'll be Colby and Poirier next. I, I think it'll be oh. Poirier. I think it'll be Poirier and Nate next still. Um, because we still haven't seen that fight and both guys want it and it's a big fight. It is and that's 
that's a fight that's big enough, honestly. Like, that could main event a pay-per-view just like Masvidal and Covington did, probably, without a title even being on the line. Um, although I prefer it to be, you know, co-main with, like, an actual title match on it as a fan. But, like, um, but that leaves the question, like, who will Colby fight next? And that's, right. you know, that's that's a hard question to answer. So if I look at the rankings right now, I mean, I, by the way, I, I like the idea of him and Poirier. Like, I, I, I would be totally fine yeah. with them fighting each other. I just feel Very like, intriguing. yeah, I, I just. But then there's also, you know, who would you do with Masvidal also, you know, and, and Connor could fa- could figure into this as well, potentially, because like you could do Connor and Masvidal, you could do Connor and Nate again. Um, you could do Masvidal and Nate again. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of combinations of these guys that like it would make total sense to go a lot of different directions. But when you look at welterweight, like they're going to do Edwards and Usman for the belt next. If Edwards somehow wins, I would do Colby and Edwards for the title. Um, But assuming that Usman retains over Edwards, I don't think that they'll put Colby in there with Usman again this soon. Um, I think it's possible. I think if I think if Covington wins one more that he'll I think he'll get a title shot again. Um, because otherwise he just, the, the, the problem that they, the UFC is, it's a double-edged sword that they're going to run into with Colby is he's going to beat all the top guys that are trying to get title shots. And he's going to be just killing contenders over and over. Um, or you have to just keep giving him title shots, but that also gets repetitive too. When it's like, how many times are you going to let this guy fight Usman? And like, he's not beating him. Um, but the fights I think have been close enough that like it's sellable to do again, even if he is losing. Um, and the guys hate each other. Like there's, there's, it's. I think it's a. I think a trilogy fight is like I would be fine personally if Covington got a title shot again right now, just personally. But I don't think that's what they'll do. So I think they'll wait out Chimeyov and Burns, and probably do. If Chimeyov beats Burns, Chimeyov will get the next shot against Usman. After Usman and Edwards, um, mm. I, I'm 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 sure of that. Like Chimeyov will that like that like if, if Chimeyov beats Burns, like he'll 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 he's the number one contender. I think yeah. he'll get the title shot. Now, what makes that really interesting is if Chimeyov beats Usman, which is possible, <laughs> then Colby and Chimeyov for the title is perfect. You know. So like yeah. Colby's in a position, Colby's in a position where it just if anyone except for Usman is the champion, Colby's the next title shot. Yeah, that's yeah, great point. Um, but we have to kind of assume Usman will at least retain over Edwards. So Colby will probably have to fight at least once more. So I know that Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad are fighting each other soon. That's probably the next. Covington fight would probably be Luke or Muhammad unless Colby really tries to get like a super fight like he starts calling out like the Diaz brothers or something like that like just trying to do something against someone that like he knows he can beat like fairly easily but will like make a lot of money while he's waiting for a title shot so so it's it's hard so it's hard to say because like even Muhammad and Luke shit if, if one of those two guys went out there and just starts the other they they could be the next title shot before Chimeyov potentially because we don't know if Chimeyov is going to beat Burns. I mean that's a huge test for Chimeyov. Like we don't know. Really? 
And yeah, and, and Burns, I don't think we'd get another title shot against Usman because of the, the way their first fight went. So like, there's just so many moving parts. It's hard to really know um, what direction they're all going to go in. But I'll say the most likely. I think the, th- the I think what makes the most sense from like a rankings perspective would be Covington fighting the winner of Luke and Muhammad. But I think the I think he'll most likely it'll be like Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, Nick Diaz, like something crazy like that. It'll be like a like a big money fight versus fighting like a big contender because because also the UFC doesn't want to keep. Like they don't want to keep feeding guys like Luke and Muhammad to Covington and then having yeah. him beat them and now they're not contenders anymore when they have they have to create some fresh matchups for Usman if he keeps retaining his title. So yeah, so there's just a lot at play. But it but it's very interesting. And and everybody that I've mentioned is a fantastic fighter and and it, you know, I'm fine with all of the different scenarios. There's just, there's just a lot of options, a lot of moving pieces with it. Yeah, no, it, without a doubt, definitely feels like we may have a better view of this kind of by midsummer uh, into summer. Um, but as good as it could get for Colby, uh, I would be very interested in that Poirier fight. Like you're saying, if it doesn't work out with Diaz, uh, maybe that does end up kind of happening just for the money factor of it all. Um, but again, uh, definitely something we're going to check back in in like, say, June, July. And, uh, and I'm, I'm with you in a weird way. I don't know. I'd like to see Colby fight one more time before Usman again, but how that last fight went and how just good he looked this past Saturday, I wouldn't abs- I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate if he ended up some pieces kind of went his way. He got another crack at it. Um, in the co-main event, RDA, very impressive performance over Morcano. There, I know there was a lot going into this fight. Uh, he took the fight Morcano did on short notice. He actually fought at uh, UFC 271. Um, but still, uh, you know, very good performance, very tough, man, performance, Adam Moicano. It's one of these things that we sometimes see in wrestling too, where even in a loss, uh, you really, he really gained a lot. It felt just from the toughness of this. Yeah, for sure. And so there was a lot that like went into this fight even happening to begin with, because initially it was going to be Dos Anjos versus Rafael Faziev. And then Faziev couldn't get in because of, uh, because of his visa. So like, it was going to be the five round main event of a fight night a couple weeks ago, but then it got moved to this pay-per-view, but then Faziev got into the States and then got COVID. So all of a sudden on like four days notice, they need a replacement to fight RDA and Moicano steps up and huge credit to him for stepping up for, to take the fight to begin with. As you just mentioned, you know, he had just fought on the previous pay-per-view and they did this at 160 pounds, so, you know, pretty damn close to it being a lightweight fight. I mean, just just five pounds off. So, you know, th- this was this was great that it got to happen. Islam Mahachev was talking a pretty big game about taking this fight on Twitter. And then for whatever reason, he didn't. I'm, I'm not going to blame him or blame the UFC, but, but they just they didn't come to terms. There's a lot of stuff that goes into these short notice fights. Yeah, that, you know, a lot of stuff that we don't we don't know. So. Um, but Moicano stepped up, which was great. So we had a quality opponent. And yeah, so so for anyone who might have been confused about why it was a five-round fight, that's the reason. Um, because RDA was already, you know, training for a five-round fight and had the opponent change and all this. That said, they probably should have just made this a three-round fight. Like, it would have made yes. a lot more sense, probably. Um, especially because of the beating that Moicano took. And 
that was a big topic of conversation. You know, most people that I saw on Twitter talking about this fight were pretty adamant that the fight should have been stopped like way earlier than like, I mean, it, it went the full decision, but um, by like the second round, it was already like a pretty one-sided ass kicking. Um, but that said, like, I'm not, I don't disagree with that, with that. I'm, but I do also take in consideration, like, I get that part of it is him kind of being too tough for his own good. Like that he, like, like he doesn't want to give up. And like, and I definitely, I mean, I really respect that, obviously. I mean, as a fucking warrior, but like, he does keep answering the bell and like, they're doing the test to see if he can see and he he's passing the tests and they're asking him to walk around and he's able to walk and McCarthy or not McCarthy. Uh, I think it was Mergliata was the referee. And he's like, he's like, Hey, you know, you got to show me something in the next 30 seconds. I think at the beginning of the fifth round, he's like, you gotta, you gotta turn this around or like, I'm stopping this, which I thought was like really, really, really good officiating. Yep. Um, and I can't remember if it was Morliata or not, but it, it was whoever the ref was did a very good job, I thought. Um, and he even said multiple times to the to the doctor, he was like, hey, like I might stop this. And the doctor would go, hey, it's your call. But like he's he is passing every test I'm giving him. Um, but like it's up to you if you want to stop the fight. But I'm just saying, like, technically speaking, like he can still fight. And the reason that I bring all this up is because in the fifth round, there was a few those Anjos didn't go for the kill. And I understand his point of view. Correct. Like, you know, he he let up, he let off the gas. He he didn't want to like put him out of his misery and he just like he basically coasted in the 5th round, but Moicano almost caught him a few times and made it like really interesting at the end of the fight where Moicano like Moicano's in there still trying to take Dosanjos' head off. Um and Dosanjos is like kind of just only playing defense because he's like afraid to like really hurt the guy and it's like part of this is on dos anjos like dos anjos should have just finished the job like you know and and get moicano out of there but i don't know so I, i'm torn on how to feel about it all the way around because like i get the i get the line of thinking of like his his corner should have stopped it or thrown in the towel and all this stuff and i and i don't disagree with that i'm, I'm just i'm just saying you know moicano's tough as fuck and he and he kept fighting like he was he he won the fifth round you know what i mean in my opinion <laughs> so it's like you know like it's like i who am i to say that they should have stopped the fight when like he is still fighting and Clearly. you know um but that said it should have been a three-round fight and then like most of this conversation doesn't even happen because because part of why it made it uncomfortable i think for a lot of people was knowing he took the fight on like four days notice as well. So it's like had to cut weight again, had to, you know, wasn't training and all this. And it's like, why did he have to go through five rounds of that to begin with? Like the three rounds would have been enough. And like RDA clearly won the first three rounds. Um, But that said, great performance by RDA up until the point where he like stopped trying to finish him like out of. <laughs> pity basically yeah yeah um and moicano definitely upped his stock as far as like a guy that more fans know about now and is like super durable and like but yeah that's pretty much all i can say about it like an rda a quality win for rda but like yeah moicano like 
that I mean, it was very one sided outside of like a few a few minutes of the of the fight. So. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you said I, I, I didn't know. I, I remember kind of. I guess it hitting me like I, I, you know, I knew it was a five round fight, but then really seeing it, I guess the opening of the first round, like, oh man, the, really, this is really like it felt like it should have been the second we kind of had this last minute, you know, this is what we're doing kind of thing. Uh, you're saying it felt like that was the time to knock this down to three, but it did show a toughness and, and something that that's why they, they do keep fighting. You know, that's why these are the best fighters in the world. Um, Cause Moy kind of, like you said, man was still in there. Uh, if he would have somehow got a finish, we would be sitting here saying it's like the greatest you know thing we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, very impressive win for RDA. Um, hopefully this next, like the next fight coming in, like it'll be under much better circumstances. Definitely look forward to see um, what's up with Moicano coming out of this. The next fight I know is one we both were very interested in. Uh, Bryce Mitchell keeping on that undefeated streak alive, beating Edson Barbosa. 30-25, 30-26, 30-27, unanimous decision, win, man. Um Fun man, this was one where like he's won. Bryce Mitchell is just must see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he went out there and just beat up Edson Barbosa. Like he, he, it was like Habib style. Like he put him on the ground and just ground and pounded him. Like just his conditioning is off the charts. His, his yeah, his grappling. I mean, people can have whatever feelings they want about you know, some of the stuff he's said in, like, interviews and whatnot. But, like, if, if if we want to talk strictly fighting, like, I mean, this guy is a real, real, real prospect at featherweight in a very... What makes him so interesting is I talk about it all the time. Featherweight's my favorite division in the UFC. And the guys above him in the rankings, because now he's sitting at number nine on the official UFC rankings, that's above him, Chikadze mainly a striker. Arnold Allen, pretty well-rounded, but mainly a striker. Josh Emmett, well-rounded, but also mainly a striker. Striker. Calvin Cater, mainly a striker. Green Zombie, mainly a striker. Yair Rodriguez, mainly a striker. Brian Ortega, that's a bit more interesting because of his ground game. Yeah. Max Holloway, mainly a striker. Alexander Volkanovsky, mainly a striker. So it's like Bryce Mitchell, stylistically, could be a nightmare for like all of these guys. Like he, I, I could, I could see him getting Volkanovski on on the ground and Volkanovski not being able to get up, you know, like that. So like this is Bryce Bryce Mitchell is a real contender in my opinion. Now he needs to beat a couple of the guys I just mentioned to get into like a title shot. But I mean, if he went out there and man, if they put him up against like Josh Emmett, who's like tough as fuck, like Josh Emmett's one of my favorite guys to watch. But, like, if he could beat a guy like Josh Emmett and then beat a guy like uh, Brian Ortega or Yair or something like that, like, he's going to be challenging for the title probably within the next year or two. Um, and, and I'm a huge Barbosa fan also. Like, I, you know, I, I think that Barbosa is striking especially. And, that, and that's the thing with the featherweight division that I keep, I keep stressing is it's mainly it mainly consists of their top 15 of just, like, really really good strikers that make up that make for like really really fun matchups because like you know it's going to be entertaining like like for instance the next featherweight title fight is volkanovsky versus korean zombie and it was supposed to be volkanovsky and holloway but you know they needed a backup because holloway's injured 
and you know Chan Sun Jung sitting at number four. So it's like not only is he up there in the rankings stylistically, it's like these guys are going to stand and bang with one another. And if it hits the ground, Zombie's known for the twister and all the all that crazy shit too. So it's like. You know what I mean? Like, it just, there's this exciting fights all the way across. Like, if Zombie wasn't ready, like, Calvin Cater would have been a good matchup. If he wasn't ready, you know, Yair's a good matchup. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's just so many good stylistic matchups. And Bryce Mitchell is, like, could be the foil to all of this. Because he could, he could be the one dude just taking people down and beating the shit out of them on the ground, and they can't get up. So yeah, that's the ace in the hole right now. Like you're saying these matchups, bro. Yeah, for sure. Because I, because I think Edson Barbosa is a pretty good litmus test for kind of, what you'll eventually run into at the top tier of the division. Like you'll fight a lot of guys who stylistically fight similar to how Barbosa does just they're in different ways, just better fighters like, um, like Yair Ortega and Holloway are just on a different right. level than Barbosa, you know, and, and Volkanovsky of course, but it, but it's a similar type of fighter in a lot of ways. The, like the, the mainly being a striker, um, outside of Ortega's outlier on this too, although Ortega's hands are, are very good. His biggest threat is like, I still can't believe he didn't, uh, choke out Volkanovski (laughs) with that, with that guillotine. Like, um, and Volkanovski is tough as hell. I've chose Volkanovski to win all of his recent fights. Like I chose him against Max both times. I chose him against Hallway. Like I'm, I'm a Volkanovsky fan, but um, anyone who's listening to this, I know this might sound crazy, but, like, I am going to throw a little bit of money on Korean Zombie against Volkanovsky. Like, I have a feeling about it because they're both just going to stand and bang. And if, like, anyone's got a shot to catch him, like, Zombie's got a shot. So, like, I just throw it out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, anyways, Bryce Mitchell. Huge W. Um, he should get a big fight next uh, against probably someone who's ranked probably around the top five of the division, if not, you know, right around the, the 10 mark. And Barbosa is just in a tough spot because, you know, he recently moved to featherweight. I think he's like two and three since joining the division because I think he was two and two going into this fight at featherweight. He'll always be an exciting fighter. I'm always down to watch Barbosa fight. He's definitely good enough to, to stay in the UFC pretty much as long as he wants to. Um, right. Just unfortunately for him, I, I just don't ever see him be him being a champion at, at any of the weights, but he makes for exciting matchups and he always has the chance of like hitting you with just some crazy spinning kick or something to like, you know, highlight real knockouts and stuff. Uh, so he's, he's always going to be dangerous, but um, yeah, this was almost like a highlight fight for uh, or a showcase fight for Bryce Mitchell. For Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. My uh, biggest takeaway from this fight was, I think Bryce's next fight's a big one, like you're saying, top five, big time fight, um, because he without a doubt passed this test with flying colors. Um, those top three fights all go to decision. Our first two fights of the main card do not. Oh, we actually let's jump to the the fight that opened things up. Uh, first round finish for Sergey Spivak. TKO punches Greg Hardy uh, down. Finished in the first round. Um, you you love to see it as a fan though you know opening up the the pay per view with the uh, with the finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Spivak like he's just he just way better at MMA than Greg Hardy. I mean, there's just really no other way of of putting it. I know that sounds like very simple and like kind of dumb way of putting it, but like it really is the best way of putting it. Like there yeah. there's levels to it. Sergey Spivak is on just a, a, a level much, much higher than Greg Hardy in every way in MMA. The only chance Greg Hardy has against really any legitimate heavyweight is just knocking them out early. Like, that's 
and, and which which he can do. I mean, he has people forget like he had Tai Tuivasa hurt before Tuivasa knocked him out. You know, yeah. like I mean, and we saw what happened with Tuivasa and Lewis and how hard Lewis hit him, and it didn't even phase him. And Hardy like had him kind of fucked up. Like there's, but I think the Greg Hardy in the UFC experiment's probably over now. Um, yeah, he lost his last three. He'll never be a championship level guy or anything like that. He has the controversy and people already don't like him. And it's kind of like not worth the headache in a lot of ways as well, in my opinion. But that said, I will give him credit because we've seen other people come from other places. You know, CM Punk's an example. And there's there's others from other sports that we've that we've seen try MMA. Like we saw Jose Canseco try MMA and we've seen uh, Batista try MMA. And, you know, we've seen, you know, a bunch of that kind of stuff. We saw um, James Tony. Granted, that was a combat sport at least, but, you know, we saw what happened. And, and Greg Hardy, to his credit, he got an MMA very late. He came into it with a lot of controversy and him and the company both knew that he was going to be an uphill battle for him to get any respect for anybody. Um, he he got like DQ'd, you know, early in his career and stuff and made people like him even less. And to his credit, he got a couple he got a couple wins in the UFC, like legitimate wins, like actually did beat the fuck out of a couple people. And and, you know, he went to the distance with Alexander Volkov when, you know, and, Very like, and yeah, just the fact that he did. So, like. Yeah. You know, whether or not you personally like Greg Hardy, I, I I always get both sides of this stuff. I get there's uh, there's some people that'll hear this and and rightfully so. I'm not saying they're wrong, but like they'll hear me just say the words Greg Hardy and be like, fuck you for even saying anything nice about him. It's like I I I get it, trust me. But like being kind of subjective and just looking at it as like the fights, right? Like there's I have to give him credit because he got into the game very late and it was a big uphill battle and he at least he at least succeeded to a degree. And and it's just, you know, he's he's just not going to be a contender level guy. He can keep beating guys maybe that are kind of like really low level, mm-hmm. you know, like but kind of what's the point in all of that? And I just don't see a reason for him to really be a part of the UFC anymore. Um, but that said, you know, you know me, I never like advocating people losing their jobs and stuff. I'm just saying like we've seen people on on three fight losing streaks that were way better fighters than Greg Hardy get cut, you know, and it's just kind of like with all the baggage and everything. I just don't know why you why you would keep doing this. Um, now, now, now it's different if he's out there knocking everyone out and it's like, oh, shit, Greg Hardy, like could fight, you know, fucking like Rosenstrike or Lewis or something like that. Like, that's a different story. But like, he has no chance against those kind of guys. He just, he just, he got into it too late and and he doesn't have the experience. And, but for, once again, for what he did accomplish in the short right. time he did MMA, like it, it, you do have to respect it to some degree, in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree. I've said some pretty not great things about that guy, but. Which is fine, by the way. Like, yeah, I, like yeah. I said, like they're justified things, um, for sure. Like I, I'm but not I, mad at anybody who who has those feelings about him. I get it. No, but I'd, I'd absolutely have to agree that he went in there and he held his own in you know under the biggest MMA banner. Um, so yeah, there's some level that you've gotta you gotta give him that. Um, but I'm with you. I think he's cut, and I, I think that's a big question. Is you know does someone else? take a chance on Greg Hardy um, on the, uh, the, uh, the thought that people do want to see him, whether you want, you're viewing him to win or lose. Someone might want to see him. So 
Uh, something to keep an eye on out of that one. The the best um, the best place for him would be like Ryzen. It'd be yeah. like it'd be like a Japanese promotion where like the fans probably won't know about yes. the outside stuff, and he's kind of like an attraction there, like like this big heavyweight dude. You know what I mean? Like in Japan, former yeah, former yeah, NFL, exactly. Like in, in in Japan, it's the same thing in pro wrestling. Like a lot of these like guys that are, I mean, they're obviously big for you know in the standard of like Americans, but like they go over to, to um. Do over to, um, why am I blanking? Japan or anywhere in Asia, really. And like Greg Hardy is like a gigantic fucking dude over there. You know what I mean? Like, cause the people there are just generally, you know, smaller. So, so you see Greg Hardy like in a ring and you're like, because like, for example, like Bob Sapp, like that's why he was yeah, exactly. so popular in Japan. Cause it was like, yeah. who the fuck is this? Like, this guy doesn't even look real. <laughs> You know what I mean? And then he's out there, like, fucking people up. I mean, the fighters he beat were terrible, but, like, they didn't oh, cool. care. Did <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I could see Greg Hardy maybe doing something like that, maybe. I, I couldn't see it in, like, one championship, because they have too many, like, American eyes on that, with, like, right. Demetrius Johnson and being on TNT and stuff. But I could see Ryzen just being, like, fuck it. Like, anyone in the U.S. who pays attention to this is staying up overnight, and it's just, like, the niche of the niche fans that, like... Yep. You know, so I could maybe see something like that for his future if he wants to keep fighting. Yeah, no, uh, without a doubt, man. Uh, I, I, man, I'm going to be curious where that goes. Um, second fight on the main card, another finish. I was very excited about this fight. We've talked so much about Kevin Holland through the pandemic, through just out of COVID. I mean, he's he was the MVP of, of that year of 2020. Where what do you, do you five and oh four or five and oh? Um, yeah, it was like a calendar year, it's like five and oh, yeah, I dude. think. Yeah, finishing everybody, it was sick. Had a you know, since then had a couple losses and no no contest, but back in the winner's column, getting to finish over Alex Oliveira in the second round, TKO via elbows. Yeah, yeah, in, in the first round, Oliveira looked good and it was looking like Holland, like. We just kind of kind of get outclassed, maybe like because yeah. Oliveira's ground game and stuff. And, uh, you know, he almost had him in a rear naked choke towards the beginning of the fight, which was funny because Holland was giving the thumbs up, like, because he wasn't he wasn't in trouble because it was the end of the round. But um, and then Holland came out and did exactly what he needed to do second round. And he just comes out and, you know, he gets the job done. And that's the thing with Kevin Holland. He's got a lot of knockout power, um, mm-hmm. you know, so if he catches you. That's, I mean, shit, what he did to, uh, to Jacare was, like, super scary. When he had him, like, on the ground, like, his, like, knees were, like, bent backwards, like, behind his own body. And he was just, like, I, I, this is the actual term. I'm not saying this to be derogatory, but he was, like, he was, like, rape choking him. Like, that's, you know, he had his hand around his throat, and he was just punching him in the face. And it's, like, you're doing this to fucking Jacare? Like, holy shit. And to see Kevin Holland doing what he's doing against Oliveira and stuff like that's it's impressive it's impressive um and now he's at the right weight class too because now he's moving yes. welterweight um and he said that in his post-fight interview as well he was saying um you know like I, he basically said I was taking it seriously the whole time but like now I'm actually like really taking it seriously like I'm not sitting around eating all the bullshit anymore and I'm taking the weight cut serious and He's still got all the knockout power he had at, at uh, middleweight, but now he's got it at welterweight against smaller guys. And um, this could be a, a turning point in his career, I think. 
because like you said, he had a lot of eyes on him during uh, the pandemic. Um, he's an exciting fighter. I think the fans want to want to be behind him. And I think he's also fighting a good like level of guys like they haven't thrown him in there against like uh, like Jacare is super high level, but he's also, you know, declined, you know, in recent years based on like where he was before. Yeah. But but now it's like, you know, maybe he fights a uh I don't know. Someone someone right around the top 15 of Walter Waite next, I would think for Kevin Holland. Like maybe like him and Jeff Neal would be an interesting fight cuz both guys are like super powerful and want to and just headhunt. Like that oh, might be yeah. a really good matchup. So I'm going to say something like that's probably next for uh for uh for Kevin Holland. Yeah, I'd love to see it, man. Like that, such a such an interesting story. Like I said, coming out of that year when we were thankful to see someone, you know, a fight, let alone uh, someone take our imagination to the finishes. So yeah, hope hopefully, like you're saying, this is a new chapter. Um, but yeah, that's the main card. We, like I said, had had some good decisions, some dominant performances, good finishes. Uh, anything really stick out to you from the early and then uh, prelims? Yeah, so before I do that, I want to give a shout out to Habib Nurmagomedov because they did announce he'll be in the UFC Hall of Fame yes. this year. Hell yeah. So that was cool. He was there live with like uh, some of his teammates and looked like maybe some of his family. And um, like he was there like in the arena and like they played. I love how they do that. Like they they play. I don't know if he knew or not. I don't think so. But I know I know Bisbing didn't know. And I know that they've done that for others where. They bring them into the show and they're there like live watching and like they find out when everyone else does that they're going in the Hall of Fame, like like the video package airs and like it hits them like, holy shit, like this is about me going to the Hall of Fame. Like that's (laughs) (laughs) which I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, And Habib obviously totally deserves it. Um, it, It's a it's a little strange. I'll say this and this is nothing against Habib at all. All. I think Habib's one of the best fighters ever, maybe the best, depending on how you look at it. Um, but it, it's weird that like there's still guys like that aren't in yet. Then like Habib just retired, you know, right. where it's right. like. Um, I just I would just like to see some of these other guys also getting in now, granted, this is the modern wing. Um, so it is going to be people that are still going to be a little bit newer um, in the grand scheme of things. So once again, like I'm, this isn't, trust me, this is like, it'd be 1 billion percent deserves to go in the UFC Hall of Fame. Like, and, and I have no problem with him doing it this year. But when I see that, I'm all, I'm, sometimes I'm like, well, what about like this guy or that guy that like, it's been years as they fought and like, they're not in yet. Like, I'd like to yeah. see some of these other guys get in too. Cause Habib obviously, but then the other thing is, I like to see people get their flowers when they're able to enjoy it too, or like, you know, alive. Cause yeah. that's, you know, Habib, that's the thing with Vader in this year's WWE Hall of Fame is like, you motherfuckers waited until he was dead. Like, you had all this time to induct him, and he's deserved it the whole time. And the like, same thing happened with, like, Randy Savage and stuff, where I was yep. like, fuck. Like, you know, it's awesome they're finally getting recognized, but, you know, so at least, like, there's that. Like, Habib, he's young, he's healthy, he's still very much involved with his own, you know, Eagle FC and all that stuff, and all the people that he trains. I mean, he had uh, Namagame, uh, Umar Namagamedov in, uh, Ulan Bektov both fighting out of his camp on this show alone. Uh, he's got Mahachev is like kind of their new kind of like cash cow for the for the team. So like Habib's still very much involved. So it's kind of also a little strange to see him go in the Hall of Fame from that 
perspective because like you still see Habib all the time. Um, but that said, shout out to Habib. Like he one billion percent deserves it. He's one of the best fighters ever. If he had a longer career, I'd probably say he was the best ever. Um, yeah. yeah, you know. And if someone said he was the best ever, I wouldn't argue it. I totally understand uh, why why you, people would say that. Um, so yeah, shout out to Habib. Any thoughts on Habib going into the Hall of Fame before I do the other prelim stuff? No, you you summed it up. I, my initial thought was, man, this is kind of quick, but you know the record, what he did, um, and and your point there at the end was kind of where I I got to was, let's celebrate him while we can. I mean, the greatness we saw um, in that span, uh, it, it's it's so hard to really put into words for like you know a ca- I mean a casual fans when I see that record and know you know good, but like oh he's you know there's like you're saying he's young, he just retired this and that, but the dominance, so impressive. So, yeah, uh, absolutely happy for a beat. Can't wait to hear. Um, you know, can't wait to see what happens. I should say, if he ever does come back, like, are they going to have to fix, you know, whatever little section of stats they have for him in the Hall of Fame? they have to fix that. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've, they've had UFC Hall of Famers fight after getting in, in there, though. Like, True. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's funny because – you know, he has like the Eagle FC thing going on for him now. And, and they had a good first show and they have some good fighters that have committed to that. Um, but there's also money. And like, if he really wanted to make money outside of the UFC, like he should just box some of these just celebrities, like just beat the <laughs> shit out of them for millions of dollars. Like get Holy in on him while you can. Dude, I watched, Would watch. I watched a, uh, I watched the whole show. This show was so fucking bad. Um, <laughs> it was this past weekend. It was uh, it was before something else I watched. Uh, it might have been. I can't remember. Was it? I can't remember what I, day it was. I feel like I remember you making a post about. Yes. Something about. Was it boxing? Showstar boxing. Yes. It I was. Know what it was. It was the day of the SCI. That's what it okay. was. Yeah. Um. So it was like that, but it was the, that day. It was at like two in the afternoon. It was so fucking bad. There was, <laughs> it was all YouTubers and like TikTokers and that kind of stuff again. And um, I, I I recognize a couple of the people mainly from them doing these other kind of boxing shows that I've seen, like some of the, some of like the like this guy DK Money, who's like one of the worst boxers I've ever seen in my life. He sucks, and he he fought on, like, a recent – he might have been on, like, the Aaron Carter or Lamar Odom show or something like that. And he came out and fought some guy called Ryan Taylor that I've never heard of, also some sort of influencer. And Ryan Taylor headbutted him within 10 seconds of this fight starting. And it was an intentional <laughs> – intentional as fuck headbutt. He grabbed him by the back of the head and stepped into it. I mean, and immediately got disqualified. I mean, immediately. Oh. And there was another fight – Um where there was multiple headbutts thrown uh, <laughs> that just, you know, v- do you remember Vitaly from back in the day? The guy who like street during the world cup and used to do like pranks on YouTube and shit. I do remember this guy. He was the guy who was like the do even lift bro guy, like walking up to people. Like he was throwing hands. Yeah. So he was, he boxed on this thing and, <laughs> and he looks like a dude who used to take a shitload of steroids and then got off of everything right before the fight because he's like 
fat, but like, but like, but like fat, but like looks like you could tell he he was shredded fairly recently, but now he's just fat because he's off steroids. Like it was so bad. Um, the main event was Deji, who's the little brother <clears throat> of KSI. You might know because he he fought Logan yeah. Paul, right? So the the main event was Deji, who's his brother, versus a guy called. Oh my God! What was the guy's name? Uh, I have to search it. It was I type in Deji versus Alex Wasabi. Was the other mm. guy's name? And um, during this this main event, a fan stormed the ring, and like just just someone has gone in the ring, and like so the fighters like saw fighting and like watched this guy running around the ring, and a security guard took this guy. And p- literally power bombed him over the top <laughs> rope to the outside. It was like the greatest thing. Like, holy shit! Just complete. This this was such a shit show. There was people standing all around the ring, and like like you know, and they had to keep saying on on the on the microphone like, "Don't get too close to the ring." Like everybody, stay calm. Like we're trying to you know, security can't really handle what's happening tonight. And it's like you come to find out that the the event just lost all the seats for like all the ringside so all these people were just standing around the ring all night not knowing where their seats were supposed to be because they (laughs) lost all the seats so there's just people just surrounding the ring like it was such a fucking shit show oh my god terrible absolutely terrible um but anyways the reason i brought that up is because like i don't want to be to go that route but like those motherfuckers. If you want to see some of the worst fucking boxing you've ever seen in your whole fucking life, watch that show. It was called Show Star Boxing. It was, uh, I'll, I'll read you the card just so people know, um, and then I'll wrap up the UFC talk um, and we'll get out of here. But just so people know the level of like, like people going out there and like they're, they're doing these shows. Um, it was Show Star Boxing, US versus UK. Um, okay, let me see if uh, there's, if I can get the the full card in front of me here. Okay, here you go. This is the the level Mm -hmm. of celebrity. Uh, Let me know if you've ever heard of any of these people. It was Deji versus Alex Wasabi, King Kenny versus FaZe Temper. Ever heard of any of these guys? No. No. Um, Kristen Hamby versus Vitaly. That's who fought Vitaly. Kristen Hamby was he threw three intentional headbutts that just didn't get called by the referee and they wound up fighting to a draw. Like it was oh. so fucking bad. Um Arms Corleone, spelled A-R-M-Z, Arms Corleone versus Minicon. Um Ryan Taylor versus DK Money. By the way, DK Money is like a fat white guy who's like who's like skinny fat. Like he just this guy's such a fucking joke. You had Ashley Kane versus Andreas Escander and the prelims. Oh, the prelims were fucking epic. There was a, a the two fights were a guy called Strom Stromedy versus Austin Sprins. And the, the the opener, the opener was epic as fuck. Two just fat fucks who have no business fighting each other that I have no idea how they're even known to anybody. Salt Poppy versus Halal Ham was the opener. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's going on in the world of uh, of fucking combat sports, uh, <laughs> parallel to the stuff that we're talking about today. 
Um, so yeah, as far as the, as far as the UFC went, um, I'll give some shout outs here. Shout out to Tim Elliott for being uh, beating Ulan Bektov because um, I took I took him in that upset and it, that worked out well for me. It was a uh, a really close fight though. Uh, shout out to Umar Namagomedov for beating Brian Kelher. Kelher is a really tough guy, but Namagomedov yes. is like he's one of those next guys up out of that uh, out of that whole camp and everything. He'll he'll be a force in the company, I'm sure. Um, especially with that last name. I mean, that's always going to help that they can promote Nurmagomedov fighting in the UFC. Yep. Um, uh, Moroz getting the submission win with an arm triangle choke. That was good stuff. Marina Rodriguez getting another win over Jan Zionan, who that, that was a really good fight. And both those women are, are top level straw weights. Um, Rodriguez is like really close to a title shot contention, in my opinion. Um, and Zion isn't far behind. I mean, they, that was a damn good fight, split decision. And uh, big W for Jalen Turner over uh, Jamie Malarkey. Got the win in the uh, second round via TKO. So uh, Jalen Turner's been looking pretty good as well at lightweight. That Lightweight's a tough climb to get into that mix of, of all the stars and stuff. But uh, Jalen Turner's looked pretty good recently. So, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much UFC uh, 272. But in the books, man... Um... I always have a blast, man, coming up, coming on here, talking about the fights. Uh, anyone out there, follow me at MostKOBK. I post about all the shows and everything coming up. Um, and anyone going to be in the greater Chattanooga area, KOBK tickets for Blood on My Jeans are on sale now, May 7th. Um, yeah, so holler at me or the KOBK Fed account on Twitter for those. Hell yeah. Support KOBK. Support everything going on in the world of independent wrestling. And y'all can use code FIGHTTALK on IWTV.live if you uh, want to further support. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at FIGHTTALK underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Um, don't know when we'll be back here next. Probably in the next couple weeks. Definitely sometime either before or after UFC 273 to talk about that show. Got a couple smaller fight nights coming up. Um, I will, for the sake of just getting my predictions on the record, depending on how, uh, the next time we're here, I will say um, I'll take Inkaleov over Santos in the main event this weekend. I will take Aspinall over Volkov the following weekend, and I will take Blades over Dawkins the weekend after that, heading into UFC 273. UFC 273 stacked, though, so we'll definitely do a prediction show for uh, for, for that here on the Fight Talk podcast. Um Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, for Jumpy Johnny Mosley, I'm Steven Jensen. Be back uh, sometime in the next few weeks talking some more mixed martial arts.